I'm Kate, and welcome to the Picture House Podcast, where we discuss the architecture, design, and history of America's early cinemas. We hope that telling the stories of these places and the people associated with them will help you explore their place in our collective memory and our communities today. This episode is the first of several that we're going to do on Art Deco, Art Modern, or Streamline Modern Cinemas. This isn't a series per se. These episodes won't really be connected, except that the theaters discussed all share a similar style. Before we get too far, if you need some background on these styles, I'd recommend that you tune in to our earlier episode about the Alliance Theater in Nebraska. It delves into some of the characteristics of these 1930s and 40s architectural trends. And for today's episode, you may be interested in our Movie Palace episode about B. Marcus Pratica, as he's the architect of the theater we're about to discuss. Although this neighborhood house is a bit of a departure from the lavish palaces we discussed in that series, the Admiral Theater in Seattle, Washington is no less impressive, at least in my estimation. And actually, the fact that it's a rare surviving example of Pratika's smaller scale work in his adopted hometown is one of the very reasons that the city gave the theater local landmark status. John Dans, president of the Sterling Theater Circuit and something of a theater magnate in the Seattle area, had been working to break into West Seattle since the mid-1920s. In June of 1938, he announced his intention to build a thousand-seat cinema and commercial building at Admiral Way and California Avenue to be designed by V.W. Voorhees. It doesn't seem that those plans ever materialized, because just three years later, in April of 1941, Dans told the public that B. Marcus Pratica was working on plans for a new $100,000 theater at Admiral in California to be the finest and one of the largest suburban theaters in Seattle. Ground was broken in June of 41, and in late July, the theater's name, Admiral, was chosen through a public naming contest in coordination with the West Seattle Herald newspaper. Danz's new theater would replace the Portola, which stopped showing movies in October of 41 as the Admiral was being constructed around it. At that time, most of the actual structure of the Admiral's auditorium has already been completed, and the site of the Portola is to be used for the commodious lobbies and foyers. When the reportedly $200,000 Admiral opened a few months later, it was a step forward in the city's entertainment history. Thousands were said to attend the January 22, 1942 debut. The theater's manager claimed more than 3,000 moviegoers. As reported in the Seattle Star, Amid flash of photographers' bulbs, blaring of horns, blazing lights, and tumults of hundreds of voices, Bob Jones, councilman from West Seattle, cut the ribbons and swung wide the doors of the new Admiral Theater. It was the kind of pomp and ceremony befitting such a beautiful structure. The exterior of the Admiral struck a seafaring note. There was a mast, crow's nest, and mock rigging looming high over the entrance to the structure, as well as railings and porthole windows. These elements, plus a V-type marquee that started at the building's edges and angled to a point at its middle, 
made the theater's facade look remarkably like the bow of a ship. The corners of the marquee even featured anchors. The Admiral also had a maritime main entrance. Moviegoers passed by blue ceramic tile and over a decorative dolphin terrazzo sidewalk, while even the electric lamps under the marquee were designs and emblems of the sea, taking the form of anchors, ship's wheels, and other familiar ship accoutrements. And the ocean-going adventure continued inside the theater. The West Seattle Herald noted that the decorative features, like so many other of the theater's innovations, represent something new in theater construction. The entire theme of the theater is nautical. It was speculated that possibly the first-nighters will spend more time looking at the theater's splendor than at the gay musical comedy that will grace the screen. Patrons entered into a foyer with massive murals, a picture show all in itself. On one wall, a mural of Captain Vancouver landing on the wooded shores on the Sound, where Seattle now stands. On the other wall, a mural of old American sailing ships incorporated with historical maps. Aside from the murals, the walls of the foyer are covered with oriental walnut and oak paneling in two different tones. Opening night attendees reportedly lingered in the foyer gasping at its splendor for a long time before going into the main auditorium. The Herald provides some great details of other notable interior touches. Above the foyer and to the right is a long balcony, reached by a beautifully curved set of stairs. This balcony is designed like a ship's deck, and the resemblance becomes amazing when standing at the entrance to the balcony. The balcony leads to small smoking loges, located at both rear corners of the auditorium, on either side of the projection room. In addition, manager's office, usherette's rooms, and other theater rooms are located just off of this balcony. In the auditorium itself, the decorative motif continues to be nautical. The entire sidewalls of the auditorium are huge undersea murals. They are done in fluorescent paint, and during the show they will glow under the light of blacklight, giving a brilliant effect during the entire performance. At the front of the theater, on either side of the screen, are ornamental plaster pilasters depicting the universe. These, too, are lighted with invisible lights and enhance the effect of the fluorescent murals on the sidewalls. On the ceiling is a mariner's sign of the zodiac, with all points of the star illustrated in mariner's symbols. In addition to its excellently executed nautical theme, the Admiral aimed to bring the greatest amount of comfort and relaxation to its patrons, and was advertised as a revelation in sight, sound, and modern comfort. It was reportedly the very first theater on the Pacific coast to use new pushback seats by Kroller, which were used in only the most modern houses. Other notable touches included a novel system of ventilation with sophisticated exhaust fans that supposedly ensured perfect control of the air and heat. And the latest and greatest in sound and projection equipment meant that all ear and eye strain was done away with while the pitch of the floor kept necks from craning. The RCA sound equipment in particular was touted as being so perfect that when listening to one speak from the screen, it was as if one were close by speaking in natural tone of voice. At the same time, 
special hearing aids were available for those who needed them. The Admiral was proposed to the community as a first-rate theater. It would present two features on every program, the very latest newsreels, and the finest short subjects made. It also was a neighborhood house, not just in location and character, but in personnel as well. All of the employees of the new theater are residents of West Seattle, and all of the usherettes attend West Seattle High School. A week after the Admiral's opening, the Herald had only good things to say about the theater. The new Admiral Theater leaves nothing to be desired. It has originality, beauty rich in its simplicity, spaciousness, comfort, and perfect projection of pictures and sound. The nautical decorative theme is carried out to the nth degree. Even the deep, luxurious carpets are nautical in design. By doing away with the old style of theater design of heavy drapes and huge arches, and instead embracing a streamlined aesthetic, Pratika brought a modern note to the Admiral. Admirers called the theater a delightful departure from all past trends, an ultra-modern movie house. The Herald would go on to tell its readers, If you haven't visited the Admiral Theater, there's a thrilling surprise in store for you. It's the kind of theater you will like to tell your friends about. It's the kind of theater that should attract patrons from all parts of the city. The Admiral has been a reliable neighborhood house for almost its entire life. It has been host to movie shows for decades. The auditorium was twinned in the early 1970s, and it seems to be around this time that the mast, crow's nest, and V marquee were removed, resulting in a much more mainland theater on the outside, although most of the interior details were left intact. Movies were still showing at the Admiral into the late 80s, but the owners at that time let it decline a bit, and by 1989, the Admiral was closed and in peril. Luckily, local preservationists stepped up and got the theater listed as a local landmark. It reopened in 1992 and has been showing movies ever since. Thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. And I hope you'll join us for our next episode. Until then, may your seats be ever in the center 